Hi, everybody, and welcome to Will This Be On The Test. I'm Maddie, and Austin is not here. That is because I am here to talk to you about me, because I know that's all you've ever wanted to learn about. No, in actuality, I'm here to talk about why we haven't been here, and it is me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. You see, as you've heard me say before, ugh, we're just behind. I've been sick. Well, turns out you're not supposed to be sick that often. Like, no one told me it wasn't normal to always feel like crap and have it getting progressively worse. <laughs> so one day, you know, I became enlightened and thought, I shouldn't feel like crap all the time. And cue doctor after doctor after doctor. We don't know what's up. We know I'm probably looking at something complicated, but probably not something that's going to in the end. Um, well, I mean, we all in the end, don't we? But we're looking at something that's going to just be a lifelong inconvenience of some kind is my guess. And by inconvenience, I mean lots of whatever this particular likely chronic illness entails. So the reason we haven't recorded is me, or more accurately, my biology. And yeah, it kind of sucks because I love, love, love doing this podcast. And that's why I thought I should go do an episode. Just me talking about how I'm actually getting doctors to listen this time. Because maybe, you know, I'll remind you all that we're still here and you'll stick around and keep listening to us when we are able to make these episodes because by God, this is fun. It is just so much work, y'all. <laughs> Um, each episode takes hours of work followed by, you know, hours of editing and, you know, panic. This is actually going to be a pretty rough cut because I'm just recording directly into my phone and I do not plan to edit this. So if you hear lots more breaths and ums and uhs and all that, that's because I do not have the energy for more than this. See, I still work a full-time job. I still freelance. I still do all the stuff I got to do. Plus, oh goodness, I'm probably averaging at least one doctor visit a week right now. I've had weeks where I've been to the doctor two or three times in a day, uh, different doctors, and it sounds like a lot because it is a lot. And the doctor's office visits are not, the time sucks as much as you think though. It's getting them arranged and getting everything around them arranged because by God, you got a whole life, you know, a whole schedule. And so I spend part of my days dealing with all of that and part of my days at doctor's appointments. And then I spend, you know, most of my days working and I spend my days freelancing. And that just means I don't have a ton of time or energy to sit and record. I am more likely to have, and I do have research done. And between that and, you know, Austin also has a schedule that is not in perfect accordance with mine. What a selfish bastard. We, um, it's hard to sit down and actually make the recordings, but we do plan on continuing to do that. Like I said, I'm going to talk to you about why and how I'm getting doctors to listen to me. I have been a woman for, uh, almost 40 years now. For most, or if not all of that time, I have been an overweight woman. Well, female, girl, girl. Um, whatever you want to call yourself at whatever age you are, I actually prefer girl just in general, but you know, that's me. If you are 
a person of the feminine persuasion, or you are large, you know that the healthcare system double sucks. The same goes basically if you are not a straight white man, like most things. The extra pressures are there. I could go into all the statistics. This is one of the things I do for a living, guys, is know this shit inside and out. But I won't, because that's not what I'm here to talk about. I am hoping that some of my tips and tricks that I have figured out will help you no matter what background you're from, what challenge you're facing. I've had some health issues of different stripes. Always, you know. The first big one, though. Um, was I was in college and I suddenly, I was skinny, yo. I was skinny. I had bones sticking out. Like I was looking, well, skinny for me. I was looking good. And then all of a sudden, in just a few months, I put on like 50 pounds. I didn't change my eating habits. I didn't change my diet. I actually lived further from where I needed to go and I walked everywhere. And I put on 50 pounds. So I went to the doctor after looking up online, like, why am I suddenly much larger? And I was like, oh, shit, it's hypothyroidism. My hair is falling out. I'm having all the every single symptom. I went to the doctor. And this is the moment that everything health-wise started going downhill for me for over a decade. I went in with my checklist. And I said, I think I have hypothyroidism. Here are my reasons why. I'm going to tell you two horrific stories here today, guys. And this is the first one. He looked at me and said, have you ever heard of dieting. Have you ever heard of dieting? The fact that my hair was falling out was irrelevant. All the other symptoms were irrelevant. All he saw when he looked at me was a girl who was fat. And I own that word. I'm not using that as a pitying word. I'm fat and that's fine because that's what my body has decided it's going to be for now. And I'm just doing the best I can. I'm fat. But at the time, I was 18, 19, 19, and all I heard was a doctor saying I was fat. And at the time, I was diet, I was 1,200 calories a day, gym four times a week. I was, you know, the ideal when it comes to living that, you know, gym, gym, baby, whatever you want to call it, lifestyle. I'm not going to go into what happened mental health-wise after that, but let's say um, I got skinny again. And I shouldn't have been able to get skinny again. And the problem didn't go away. And doctor after doctor, I kept going saying, no, I'm having all these symptoms. I'm having all these symptoms. And every single one told me, no, 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 sweetie, you're just fat. You're just fat. Fast forward to 10 years later. 10 whole years, motherfuckers. And I, by this time, have had three separate tests saying that my thyroid numbers are off and three separate doctors say, but you're still just fat. You just need to manage it with weight or get your weight down and this will go away. In this time, I had weighed anything from, oh God, I'd swung 75 pounds in any given direction on and off and on and off this whole time. And I finally just said to my doctor, what's the harm? What's the harm in me going to a specialist? Send me there. Let them talk to me. Worst that happens is lots of money, right? So she sends me. I, I loved that doctor. There is no shade on her. And I'm in this doctor's office and she's like, oh, yes, your numbers do, in fact, confirm that you have hypothyroidism. And I'm like, okay, fantastic. What do we do? And she said, well, you need to go on a diet. And I said, 
like I've already told you, I tried that. I've been trying that for 10 years. It is not working. I need assistance. And here's the other horrible part of the story, guys. This specialist, this person who specifically works in this field, who works with endocrine disorders, says, and I quote, you're not worth treating because you're not trying to get pregnant. Let that sink in. A doctor, someone whose whole thing is supposed to be do no harm, told me I wasn't worth treating because I had no intentions of growing another human being. I wonder what excuse she gives to men that she doesn't want to treat. Well, I am not kidding, folks. When I told you, I heard a little popping sound in my brain because I got so blinded with rage at that moment. And you have to understand that I am 99% of the time a kill-them-with-kindness kind. I smiled real big. I crossed my arms. I settled into her chair. And I said, no. You said my numbers are off. I said it's been 10 years I've been doing this. I want medication. And I refused to leave her office. I did not leave until she gave me a tiny, tiny, tiny dose of thyroid medication. And then she called me back in like three months later or whatever. And I lost 50 pounds and my hair had stopped falling out. And I was off of seven, I kid you not, seven Band-Aid medications. And she looked at me and said, oh, you must be dieting. <laughs> and I told her, no, bitch, I've been doing the same thing for years. You just finally gave me the treatment I needed. Now, to be clear, I no longer see this woman. She is still practicing. Of course she is. I see somebody else who's in the same practice, but is brilliant and helpful. So that is the first thing I want you to know. You, at the end of the day, are the boss. I don't mean that in a you are my servant, you will listen and do what I say kind of thing. You should not sit there at restaurants and snap fingers at waiters any more than you should do that with doctors. But I'm saying that you get to decide, you get to decide when you leave. That can mean you go in, you find out a doctor is a bad fit and you say, you know what? I think we're done here. You'll probably still get charged for the appointment. That's okay. It's better than wasting your time and having feeling obligated to go through tests and blah 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 you also get to tell a doctor no you are allowed to say no to a doctor nobody ever told us that you're allowed to say no i'm not comfortable with this and i learned that just because of one moment where i got so angry i got so angry but if you go in knowing that you have the right to have a say in your own life you may not have to get angry The big change I have made this time around, because I've had a whole lot of, and I hate the word, you all know this, trauma related to dealing with people in the medical profession. And it's one of those like iron, ironic things because I have so much respect for doctors and nurses, but by God, I'm scared of them. Um, and I get really bad white coat, blood pressure, the whole, the whole nine, um, but this time I was like, it comes down to the problems I've had have all been, I don't feel like I'm being heard. I don't feel like I'm being heard. They just look at me and they see fat. That's it. 
So I tell them ahead of time, if I can, or if not, I tell them the moment I see them. My number one fear with doctors is not being heard. I need to be heard. Even if we don't agree, I need to feel like you have heard me out. And you are welcome to tell me I'm wrong. I just need to know why. Now, I do this in a couple of different ways. If I'm able to reach out ahead of time, I actually like contact them via their patient portal or an email and say, can you pass this message on? Can you let the doctor know that A, my biggest fear is not being heard and I really need to be heard out, and B, I do not want to focus on my weight unless it is directly related to the issue at hand. And I also say, if this doctor feels they are not a good fit for me, just let me know and I will schedule with somebody else. I am not saying this person is a bad doctor. I am saying that they are not the right doctor for me and they deserve to save that time for a patient they are right for, just like I deserve to take the time to see a doctor who's right for me. I've had one doctor cancel. One doctor say, nope, we're not a good fit. And you know what? That's fine. I'm not going to go on the internet and give them a bad review because they did what I asked. I've had a couple acknowledge that they didn't indeed receive the note. I've had a couple not say anything, but it was pretty clear that they either were just the type to listen or they were the type to, um, they had read the note. If I can't get that ahead of time, that's where the packet comes in. This is the biggest thing I want you all to take away is the packet. So if you're dealing with the modern healthcare industry, you know that you have access to all of your records 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the internet. Chances are, though, they are on 27 different portals because each doctor's office and hospital system and everything else uses their own. And then your health insurance company has a completely separate one. Nobody is talking to each other, right? Well, that just means you have to do it for you. And it sucks, and it's time-consuming, and it's 10,000% worth it. I have a document. It started off as three pages. It's at six or seven now. In this document, I have everything a doctor is going to ever ask me about and more. Because you know how it goes. When you're at the doctor's office and you're filling out that paperwork for the 10 billionth time, you are going to leave out the one thing that would tie it all together. Also, dear Lord, why do I fill out the same paperwork over and over and over for the exact same doctor visit? I don't know, but I've got it all in this document. So this document, I at the top put a note saying my name, the date, and the fact that I am afraid to be there. And yes, I am that blunt. I say, I am afraid to be meeting with you today. This is for new doctors. Um, I am afraid to be here because in the past I've had issues with being not heard. It has increased a lot of my anxiety with coming to the doctor. You will likely see a high blood pressure with me. Please let me be heard. And if after reading this, you feel you aren't, we are not a good fit, I'll leave you to your day. And I actually had a doctor, the first one. Oh my God, I love her. She walked in and I'd handed this to the front desk. They had not had this before. And she walked in and I kind of look at her and she looks at me and she goes, all right, I saw your note. Let's get going. Because that is, that is a professional. That is a good doctor. I love her. She's a specialist who I believe has saved my ass big time. Now, then there's the rest of the packet, though. This is the meat. I have every single symptom. Every single one. But I don't just have them all willy-nilly. I wrote them all out for myself. And then I figured out which type of specialist or body system they're related to. And then I divided them up like that. Now, I did not go through and try to make myself sound super smart and sciency. Um, like for one thing, you know, I get these electrical shock feelings. Now I know those are seizure symptoms. 
I also know they could be something else. So I don't write seizure symptoms. I write electric shock feelings causing limbs to jump. Also, guys, that's not normal. It turns out like the whole restless legs thing is not supposed to be that severe. <laughs> um, so I have that like under ooh, neurology because my brain is misfiring something to my limbs. Or if I'm having digestive issues, that goes under gastro, so on and so forth. And if you don't know where something goes, that's what your miscellaneous section is for. Because you are not the doctor. You do not have to know everything. The key here, though, is when you are researching your symptoms to figure out where to put them, do not rabbit hole. And that is coming from somebody who is the queen of rabbit holing. Do not rabbit hole. You will end up diagnosing yourself with 3,000 different things, coming up with all kinds of symptoms you did not have in the first place. Start with your list. Categorize your list. Do not create a new list. Now that you have that done, you are going to add every single medication you are currently on. I do this in a table. My table is name of medication, both the um, the generic and the brand name, the dosage I'm taking, the time of day I take it, and uh, why I take it. This is a table. And then I do the exact same thing for over-the-counter supplements. And honestly, guys, did you know that vitamins work? Um, I was real bad at the whole vitamin thing. When I say my hair is growing so fast and I feel so much better just by changing my vitamin regimen, oh boy, I cannot even tell you. And when they say they want to know everything, they mean even like ibuprofen. If you take ibuprofen with some regularity, put that on there because um, turns out that I needed to go off of ibuprofen. Um, yeah, I did see a kidney specialist. Kidneys are looking good. But he's like, yeah, you're taking too much ibuprofen. Chill out. So yeah, put down everything. Even if you think it's stupid. I've had doctors asking questions about eye drops. There's no wrong answer. Then after your medications, you are going to put your history, your surgical history, your major illness history. Um, I mean, you can put this in any order you want. This is the order I have them in. Um, your history and then your family history. Put down as much detail as you can. You might know very little. You might say, oh, someone somewhere had something that they told me about. That's fine. Put down what you know because these doctors, they went to school for like a billion years and spent $3 million and they should kind of be able to piece together what you're trying to say. And if they can't, they know someone who can. And then test results. Put those lab results on there. Here's the thing, guys. Because these doctor's offices don't talk, they don't know what your most recent lab results are. And you might be beating, if you were even able to get your records sent over, you might be beating them to the office. So attach them. Have your most recent, I, God, I think I've got three years worth on there um, of different things. And then I just, you know, replace them. I update them. Because you don't want to get three different blood tests in a week if you don't have to, because at the end of the week, you will feel like you have no blood left. Not that I know anything about that. And you also don't have to waste the money on having tests you just had done. They have scanners. They can put these directly in their system. Many doctors will also put them in their files. So now you've got everything this doctor needs, and you should also have a copy of your own, whether it's digital or paper. I learned the hard way recently that you need to have a paper copy if you are going to go in for any kind of hospital procedure, because I didn't think to print one off before I went to a hospital procedure. My doctor already had it. And then they were asking questions. I'm like, shit, that was on my document, and my wasn't allowed to bring my phone back. So paper is always a good idea to have. 
Um, all right, so the document. The other thing it has are photos. You know how it is, like, you're feeling like crap, and then the day you go to the doctor, you feel fine, and then the next day you're back to feeling like crap. It always seems to work that way. Or if you've got a rash that just won't go away, well, it's fine the day you go to the doctor, and then it comes back. Take a picture of the rash. Put it in the document. Put a date on it. Every time you notice that rash, or an excessive bruise, or... Um, psoriasis in your nails or you have part of your face drooping, anything that's weird that you want, that if you had the ability at that second to show a doctor, you'd show them, take a picture, put it in the document. Nothing fancy. I just have it in a Word document. I learned that one actually from a doctor who said, man, I wish I could actually see these things because I believe my patients, but I can't do something about a problem I don't see. So I had like a stroke thing a few years ago, not a stroke, but a stroke thing. And I was worried that I would not make it to the doctor while my face was still paralyzed. So I took pictures and sure enough, by the time I got to her, my face was partially better and she got to see the extent of it. Um, which meant I got tests because even though they're not seeing exactly what happened, they are seeing how bad it got. All right. So that's the packet. I have talked to you about going in and asserting yourself. I have talked to you about the ability to tell them ahead of time what you need from them. I have talked to you about the packet. All right, next up. If you want to bring somebody with you to the doctor, you are allowed to. They will not stop you. If you are somebody who feels stronger with a person next to you, that is fine. Bring someone with you if it makes you feel like you're going to be able to get through this more easily. Also, that person, you can sit down with them ahead of time and say, don't let me forget this, this, and this. Or you can fill in some blanks. Just tell the doctor when you get there, this person is my friend, my spouse, my parent, whatever. They are allowed to bring things up that I might forget. Uh, oh, do you remember that in this case, the doctor might be looking for signs of abuse because it isn't uncommon for people who are in controlling relationships for the partner to come in to monitor what's being said. So just remember that when you go in, make sure that hopefully you're not in that kind of relationship, but make sure that, you know, it's all flowing well. And I hate to say this, like my inner feminist is punching me right now, but if you identify as female, you might need to bring a dude with you. It sucks. I hate that I had to say that. And I hate that I've had to do it. That's the thing here, guys. Um, I've had to do it more than once. To get a doctor to listen to me, I had to have my husband tell them. And it wasn't me going in paranoid, assuming a doctor wasn't going to listen. This would be a second or third appointment with a doctor. Going, mm, mm, I don't know. Maybe. Um, the last one was I had a shoulder that was ripped out of its socket partially and then luckily popped itself back in on its own. But it was badly, badly, badly sprained. And the doctor did not believe I was in pain because I wasn't crying. He wouldn't believe me. He did not want to schedule me for an MRI. So I brought Austin. And honest to God, I, okay, to be clear, this is not who Austin is as a person. But I told him, you need to emphasize that you are having to do the housework because that'll get to this doctor. And oh boy, it did. I had an MRI scheduled, uh, like by the end of the appointment, we had an MRI scheduled because he wouldn't listen to the woman who wasn't crying, but he would listen to the man who had to pick up a broom. <laughs> to be clear, um, we both cleaned the house. 
he does he did have to do a lot more than usual at that point though oh my god it was awful the thing is guys yes in a normal situation you should quit and go to a different doctor but that is not possible for everybody in this case that was the only doctor that took car insurance because it was a car accident um you might be in a rural area you might have really shitty insurance you might have no insurance you do what you have to do to get by in this world and i'm not saying that means you know hurting other people but if it means doing something you don't really like to do like admitting that society sucks at you at that moment you got to do it because your health you can't you can't fight the good fight if you're dead it's as simple as that so bring someone with you if it makes you feel better or if you know that you need the backup bring someone with you and another thing that's really working right now is communicating with my insurance company now, I know insurance companies get a bad rap, and I am not saying it is always unwarranted, but I can say I've had insurance companies save my ass more than once because it is in their best interests to keep you alive. Now, it may not always look like that, and it may not always feel like that, and frankly, it may not always be that, but it is in their best interest to have them keep you alive and paying your premiums and all of that. So when something looks screwy on your insurance or if you're having trouble dealing with a doctor, call your insurance or better yet, email them or get on a chat function because then there is a written record. Um, a few years ago, I had a total scam artist doctor who forced me to do some testing I did not want and expressly told him I did not want. But, you know, I was young and poor and just wanted to get it over with. And um, he also charged me for three visits when I'd only had two. And I got a $900 bill. Now, I want you to imagine being, can we afford groceries this week poor? And being charged $900 for a visit that never existed. It was never even on the books. I called them and I'm like, hey, there must be a mistake. And they were like, oh, no, we don't make mistakes. I called my insurance company in tears, in absolute bawling tears. And somehow this poor lady understood me. They threatened to sue the doctor. They believed me. If you don't give them a chance to believe you, then you'll never know if they're going to. And in this case, I have a feeling it'd be pretty easy to prove or disprove whether or not somebody ever had an appointment, or especially if they ever attended an appointment. And I gather from the voicemail that was left by the receptionist that this happened a lot. So you never know who your insurance company might already be taking notes on. More recently, my insurance company, different one this time, if I can't get hold of a doctor, if I've got a weird thing on my bill, if I don't understand what a term is, I hop on their chat. They are like wicked helpful. Now, if you're in a bad spot, still do this. But remember the person on the other end of that chat or that phone, they are just a call center worker. They are not a doctor. They did not create the rules. You need to be kind to them. But I'll tell you, I am having a bill dispute with a doctor right now. And... Can't get a hold of them. I've been trying to get a hold of this doctor's office for weeks. I made one call to my insurance company and they have an agent working directly on it. I had all the information I need about what was going on the next day. It is not resolved, but it is in the process of being resolved and I know who my contact person is. Your insurance company, as much as I am like universal insurance, yes, it is in their best interest to make the, for them to keep you as a customer. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to get, you know, a loyalty card or some shit. You're not going to get, you know, buy 10 procedures, get one free. But 
They also know that even in this country, you have a choice to leave that insurance company. You can go on your spouse's insurance. You could potentially get on um, Obamacare. You could go buy a, pr- a private insurance. They know this. And to a certain extent, they want to keep you. And especially in a time where, you know, it's a lot harder for them to drop you for having pre-existing conditions, which uh, hopefully that doesn't change. It's in their best interest. Use And if nothing else, look at it this way. You're spending money for these services. Use them. Use the services. And let's see. I've talked about knowing that you can come and go as you please. I have talked about the packet. I have talked about letting doctors know what you need. I have talked about bringing someone with you. I have talked about insurance. Um... I guess the last thing, this may sound silly, but it should sound obvious, be nice to literally every single person in that doctor's office. Because, assuming they are human beings, which they are, they will talk shit on you when you leave. Now, I'm not speaking about any particular doctor's office. I have never heard a doctor talking shit on me. Well, no, that's not true. I've never heard a staff member talking shit on me. But, that is human nature. You know that when you have a rude customer, y'all talk shit on them as soon as they leave. You do not want that secretary to dislike you. They are going to be much more willing to help you if you are the nice person. I have like emailed back and forth a billion times with a certain receptionist at one doctor's office and she is so kind. And the thing is, I made a point of reaching out to her. I made a point of knowing her when I walked in and it wasn't that whole creepy, oh, hello, I know your name. I own you. It was just... Hey, I'm, you're the one I was talking to. Thank you so much. And she actually said, like, when you get here, ask specifically for me because I know what's up. And she advocated for me with the doctor. Be nice to literally everybody in that office. You never know who the doctor's favorite is and you want to be the doctor's favorite too. Not saying that they will give you poor treatment. I'm not saying they'll give you less treatment. I'm just saying it'll be about a whole lot easier. And also it's just the right thing to do. <sighs> All right. So hopefully some of that was helpful. And at the end of the day, guys, it's a shit system. It is. It's a system that if you're real sick, it does not set you up for success. And if you have a whole lot of anxiety like I do, you're going to sit there a lot of time wondering why don't they have online submission forms and request forms? And why can't I call and leave a message for a call back after hours? Why do I have to call during work hours when I have a job? It is stressful. And it is hard. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that because things are working for me a little bit, that they are going to work for you. Oh, that is the last thing. Know what you're talking about. I don't mean do Dr. Google. I mean, go in and say, this is what I want. This is what I want. Here is why. Um, I'm not saying to self-diagnose. That is a different thing that said you'd be amazed at how often people are right and doctors are wrong because remember doctors have dozens of patients. You have one, you, it is not them being bad at their jobs. It is you knowing you, them seeing you for 20 minutes. That's a very different thing. And yes, there are shit doctors, but they're also shit patients. So, you know, um, but if you go in and you're like, God, I'm tired all the time. And you know, I feel just worn out and blah, blah, blah. And you kind of like, I feel like something's wrong with my, iron levels tell them you want your iron tested and if they're like well i don't think you need it just tell them i want the test now people tell you to get 
like if you're on TikTok, whatever, people will tell you to get forceful and aggressive and be like threatening and make them try to make them sign things. Now you can do all of that if you want, but usually a simple why, why, why can't I do that? Why shouldn't I do that? What's the harm in me doing that? Some doctors will still say no, but they should give you a reason. For instance, I'm dealing, like I said, with that cost issue. The doctor should have refused this test. Now, I did not ask for this test. They told me I needed this test. Turns out this is not a test that um, is typically given. And it is not, it is considered experimental. Per my insurance, I was supposed to sign something saying I understood this was experimental and not deemed medical necessary by them. Well, I didn't sign anything. That's the dispute that's going on. A good doctor, if you said, I want this test. And they say no. And you say why. They could say something like, your insurance company will deem this experimental unless I run this other test or eliminate this other thing first. If I run the test, it will cost you $600 and there's nothing I can do about it. Wouldn't you rather hear that? I would. And in that same vein, always tell, always be open to being wrong. I went, started this whole process by going into a doctor and saying, hey, I think I have X diagnosis and I was wrong and I am so happy about it because that was actually a scary one. And, you know, we, I was wrong. I told her up front, I don't mind being wrong. I just need to know why I'm wrong. And so she explained to me, she sat there, she gave extra time, sat there, went through my test results with me. She explained to me why they didn't line up with that, why they might line up with something else. And it was awesome. Be ready to be wrong and tell the doctor you're ready to be wrong. That seems to make them feel better because nobody likes having, you know, something they believe they're an expert in shoved in their face in some way. It sucks and it's often rude. It's a hard balance to strike, guys. Your health is your biggest resource. Your ability to function in society depends on your health. It can be very easy to get angry. And goodness knows I've gotten angry at doctors. And... The thing is, though, they're not trying to hurt you. Most of them. There are shit doctors, just like there are shit people. Well, doctors are people. You know you know what I'm saying. Um, a good doctor will know that you're coming in, you're stressed, you're scared, whatever. They will know how to mediate the situation, but they might be stressed and scared as well. They might have other stuff going on. And honestly, you'll feel a lot shittier if you go in acting shitty. And, you know, when you feel cr like crap all the time, it's kind of funny. <laughs> and I know some of you are sitting there going, how is that funny? It's just so fucking weird, right? Like, everybody else is walking around being all normal and you're over here going, hi, I'm an anomaly. Nobody knows what's happening. It's kind of funny. If you, I mean, the pain part is not funny. The feeling crap part is not funny. But conceptually, it's kind of funny. And if you go in there going, Let's figure this out. Let's work as a team. And you have a good attitude. Things are going to go a lot better. I'm not one of those attitude is everything. You control your destiny with your attitude bullshit people. But it does make a bit of a difference to go in there with a smile. And an, I don't know. So, yeah. Okay. That's This is my actual wrap-up point. Hope I helped some of you today. Hope everybody out there is doing well. We do plan to return. Like, for realsies. But I do ask for some patience because it probably won't be with, like, precise regularity for a while and 
I do have a couple of other projects that are in on the back burner, potentially in the works that are less time intensive, but still fun because I really do love podcasting. I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I hope this helped y'all a little bit. I hope y'all are having a good day and class dismissed.